the favor of God. I'd rather have favor than fortune. I'd rather have God's favor than fame. God's favor is necessary for life. What I love about God's favor is it can track you down anywhere. God's favor can show up here and just blow your mind. God's favor can show up at work. God's favor can show up at school. God's favor can show up at the coffee shop as you're driving down the road and you just get a real revelation and experience the presence and favor of God in your life. It will bring you to your knees or put you on cloud nine all at the same time. The favor of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about the favor of God? The favor of God. It's one of the most important principles, I believe, in the Bible. It's mentioned almost as many times as grace and mercy and blessing. It's not a byproduct. It's not a, um, it's not a sidebar for the Christian life. The favor of God is essential. Are you in Exodus 33? Let's pray together and get into the Word of God. Thank you for being here today. God, I bless your name. I thank you for the opportunity to just stand in your presence and declare your Word today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that it is just so real to us today. That it's tangible, that it's, that it's close, that we feel it. God, may we feel the weight of it, but may we also feel the power of it. God, as we try to blow some of the smoke away from the fog that causes your favor to confuse us or seem out of reach, I pray, God, that it just becomes a, a very dynamic part of our being today. We love you, Jesus. This is for you and because of you. And anything good that happens here today is because of you. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. Let's go to Exodus 33. Drop down to verse 12, if you will. I want us to look at the Bible's account of how Moses had the favor of God in his life. Read with me, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Everybody say favor. Now say it like you want it. Now say it like you're awake today. Favor. <laughs> Let's read that verse again. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me. So in other words, God's been speaking to Moses over and over, and some of us have heard God speak to us over and over, but it's just not yet come to be yet, or it's not yet clear on how this is going to come to pass. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God's told you somebody's going to be saved. God's told you you're going to have this happen in your life. God's told you this, or he's going to do that, and you believe it, and you've just walked in it. I've walked in God's promise for over 20 years now in my life, very specific. You see glimpses of it. Sometimes you just wonder, you said, God, it was going to happen. Where's it at? How's it going to be? 
I know I'm talking to somebody today. You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you're going to send with me. You have even said, this is Moses reminding God. I love it. Like we think God's got a, you know, short-term memory issue. (laughs) He said, you said, I know you by name and you found favor with me. Moses was in a situation where he needed God to answer questions. I love this. He needed to lead over two million stiff-necked, rebellious people into their promise. And honestly, at this stage of the game, his patience is wearing thin. That's okay. That's okay. You don't get scolded just because you get a little impatient. Whole lot of why questions in the Bible. Amen. Whole lot of why questions. The problem that Moses was facing, I should say the challenge he's facing is he just didn't know if God was going to provide. In other words, he didn't know if God was really going to come through with what he said he was going to do. Despite all the previous miracles, despite everything God had done, Moses just wasn't real sure (laughs) that God was, you know, going to do it. And again, I realize some of you may be in that kind of situation today, and I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that uh, in a condescending way at all. Maybe this morning, man, you're, you're being called by God to do something that you don't feel equipped to do. And listen, I'm not talking about full-time ministry or I'm whatever. I'm not talking about starting a ministry, doing this. Do I'm talking about life. God has called you to do some things and be some things that you just don't know how you're going to do it. That's okay. I want to validate you today, if nothing else. Man, this is a therapy session, okay? I want to validate you. It's okay to not know. And it's okay to be a little ticked off that you don't know. It's okay. It's okay. God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. Some of the greatest heroes of the faith scratch their head every now and again and question when the lights went down. It's the truth. Maybe you've been called by God to move, make a move in your life. I mean a real transition. It may be a huge transition. It might be a small transition. But listen, transitions take courage. I don't care what their size. Transition takes faith. Transition takes confidence that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. Maybe you have been called by God to fix your marriage. And honestly, you're like, well, it takes two. Yeah, but you're only responsible for one. Maybe God's calling you to raise kids that you just want to lock under the stairs most of the time. I mean, there's that. You need something supernatural from God before you can do it. That's the loudest I think amen Pastor Dwayne's ever given me. (laughs) Welcome to teenagers in your home, bro. Yeah. Listen. If that's where you're at right now, please hear me. And I'm saying this out of love. You need the favor of God in your life. Moses needed God's favor. He needed God to go with him. He needed God to fight for him. He needed God. So he just simply said, Lord, you said this. What about it? It's really a cry for help. That's what it is. Needing and asking for, recognizing the need for, and asking for the hand of God, the heart of God, the favor of God in your life. It's nothing more than a cry for help, and there's no shame in it. 
None whatsoever. Let's continue reading. Verse 13. Here's how the story plays out. Moses continuing to speak said, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Then he says this, remember that this nation is your people. Moses was so frustrated that he was reminding God that he don't even want to be with these people. He's like, these are your people, God. You gave me these people. they're, They're on loan to me. I've got an assignment from you, but they're not mine. In other words, God... Here's in his frustration, he's saying, God, you're, you're just not leaving me in the dark. You're leaving two million people in the dark that you said are yours. Do you see his frustration? Do you feel it? If it I love that he's just returning these people. Listen, if you're in ministry and you've been doing ministry for a while, you'll come to the place where you just tell God, these are your people. You will. And may I say that's a good thing. Because when you give back to God something that he's given you, you find the freedom in releasing them to God and becoming what God's designed you to become, not what they wanted you to become. That's just good. That's, you need to write that down. He said, God, I need you. And when you say, God, I need you, you have become a candidate for favor. Here's why. Write this down. Kids, put this in your notes. Favor cannot be achieved. You cannot achieve favor. You receive favor. You receive it. You don't achieve it. You don't earn it. You don't win it. You don't get it because you deserve it and because you worked for it. You get it because God gives it to you. You receive the favor of God. Amen. Favor is is God doing for you in Jesus what you can't do for yourself. It's God giving you something in Jesus you can't get for yourself. The great provision. And so Moses needed God to fill in the gaps, if you will. His his dots weren't lining up. They weren't connecting. Verse 14 says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Amen. Verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor In your sight, I and your people. Again, he's still still fixed on this favor. He's he's telling God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. Because if you don't go with us, your favor won't be obvious in our life. you got to see this. Your, Your favor won't be known. Your favor won't be demonstrated in our life if you don't go with us. See, you would think, you would think if they made it, To where they were going, they would be satisfied with that. They are not. They want God's favor to be evident in their life, to be demonstrated, to be on display. And for that to happen, God's presence has to be with them. Is it not by your going with us so that we, I, and your people may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth? Listen, that's what sets us apart. Church, you got to get this. This is what sets us apart is the favor of God resting on our life. The presence and the power of God evident and obvious in our life. It's what sets us apart. I hope you see it. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight. Now get this. I have known you by name. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want to read one more verse. It's in Luke chapter 1. Pastor Dwayne's been in Luke, man. I've just got so much out of his messages. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Familiar scripture. We read it every December. Your Bible says, The angel went to her, that's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Angel went to her and said, Greetings you who are, say it with me, those two words, highly favored. Say it again, highly favored. Favored greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Notice both examples of this, these two passages, two different stories, two different eras, two different times on our historical timeline. The presence of God, the fact that the Lord was with someone, was the evidence of his favor. Favor is not favoritism. God doesn't show partiality. Favor is not love. God loves everyone. Favor is not blessing, although favor leads to blessing. Now, I could, I could give you Webster's definition of favor, but, man, I want, I want us to look at a, a working definition as it, as it plays out in Scripture in every example. If you're taking notes, write this down. Favor is this. Favor is the guarantee, guarantee, it's, it's important. Favor is the guarantee of God's presence, provision, and power to accomplish his purpose in your life and through your life. I want to say it one more time. Favor, God's favor is this, the guarantee that God will be with you, that God will go before you. It's the guarantee of God's presence. It's the guarantee that he's going to take care of you, that he's going to do what he says, that he's going to give you the sustenance to do what he's promised you that you will do, the provision. It's the guarantee of his presence, the provision, and only God's power to accomplish his purpose in and through your life. Somebody should say amen right there. We need God's favor in our life. I think that need, deserves to be put on your fridge. It needs to be put on your mirror. Anywhere where you need to be reminded of his favor, where you need to be reminded of what it is you really need in this life. Because you can have everything and not have the favor of God in your life, and you fail. You can, you can have the money. You can have the friends, anything, the job. But without the favor of God, how, how, please tell me, how can you call it success? Many false definitions of favor out there. In fact, when I said I was going to talk on favor, some of you have got a little bit of church background, probably went, okay, here we go. He's going to tell me I've got to have this very special connection to God, and I'll, I'll be elevated above everybody else. That's not what I'm talking about, church. I'm, I'm so not talking about that. Favor does not mean God's going to make your life easy. Favor does not mean that all your problems go away and all of a sudden the storms go away and the waves cease. That's not what favor means. I'm not even suggesting that, and I hope you don't hear that. Some of you have lived long enough to know that sometimes, man, your money can get tight. Even though you're tithing and even volunteering in children's ministry or, or whatever. <laughs> sometimes you, you try to do everything you can and 
You're trying to hit on all cylinders and things just aren't working out. I'm talking about the favor of God. So if you're already skeptical and I start talking about favor, please know I understand. I do. I've had it misrepresented to me as well. But I came here to declare to you today, and I hope that you get this. Favor of God is not the same as favors from God. The favor of God, it's not the same as favors from God. So just because something might be working out, it doesn't even mean that the favor of God's on your life. Also, just because something appears not to be working out, it doesn't mean the favor of God's not on your life. It's a matter of perspective. A lot of people say they want the favor of God, but what they really want is God's, not God's favor for his purpose, but God's favors for our inconvenience. Forgive us. Forgive us. What am I saying? I'm saying we've got to look inwardly on why we're praying how we're praying. Because if you're praying for God's favor on your life, you won't be dissatisfied if it appears like you're not getting a favor in your life. You won't be disappointed. You won't shake your fist in the air and get out of church and turn your back on the ministry or whatever. You won't do it. Because when you understand God's favor, you realize you cannot lose. Come hell or high water, you've already won because of the favor of God. I hope you're hearing me. When Moses asked God for favor, it wasn't so he could have more camels. It wasn't so he could have a bigger tent. It wasn't so he could have greater influence. It wasn't so he could have easier life conditions in terms of how he was living or whatever amenities were offered to him in the wilderness. No, no, no. He wanted God's favor so he and others could know more of God. Did you remember what he said? He told God, how will others know that we are from you, that we serve the one true God if we don't have your presence in our life? See, not only did he want the trip to be successful, that people were moved into their promise, he also wanted to communicate to those around him and everyone they came, all the other nations, that they serve the one true God. And the difference maker was his favor. The favor of God is not a formula. The favor of God is not a set of steps. It's, it's, it's not a book you read. It's not a Bible study you do. You, 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 it's just not what it is. The favor of God is a living, dynamic, breathing part of our life. God, I hope you hear me. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that changes everything you do and how you approach everything in your life. The favor of God. When you understand God's favor, you understand the way God feels about you. It changes how you look at yourself. It changes how you approach others. Because you will want the favor of God in others' life. When you understand it in your life. God's favor is... Not held back for a select few. I need you to understand today. 
The favor is available to you today, right now. The favor of God is available. But before we get too far into it and the enemy begins to confuse our minds, I I need to stress again that I want to go back to a verse we read, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, because I, I, I need to tell the whole story, and I've touched on it, but, but I, I need to make sure this is clear. When you're pursuing the favor of God in your life, when you receive that, when you start aligning yourself under the authority of the Spirit of God, and God's favor becomes obvious in your life, You need to embrace the reality that things might not look like you want them to look. You have to. Or or, or listen, otherwise it's a gateway for the enemy to come in and just mess you up. In Luke chapter 1 verse 28, Mary wasn't just favored. I'll read it again. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. She wasn't just favored. Favored, man, she had high octane favor, okay? She was highly favored. I don't even know what that even means. I'm not sure I even know the difference between favor and highly favored. Pastor Dwayne? Right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> You're like, it's your, it's your day. You preach. Don't look at me. But, but the angel, Gabriel was very clear he didn't stutter. He, he, he didn't mince his word. You, hey, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. If we heard this in real time, in other words, if we were there and the angel spoke to Jesus' mom, Mary, I love this, if the angel spoke to her and said, hey, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, we would immediately begin to think, okay, she's blessed. Oh, she, she's highly favored. So what's coming next? What's the angel about to say? Okay, you're going you're gonna to get this wedding paid for. Somebody's going to come in, make some big donation, you know, anonymously. Your honeymoon's going to be paid for. I mean, that's, that's how we begin to think, Dwayne, of, of, of favor. We start thinking of what I get. Now, am I right? We start thinking like that. Okay, so I'm highly favored. Well, that means I got a high level of luck. And I got a high level of blessing. So, okay, now the crooked ways are going to be straight in a highway. You know, the, you know the verses, right? We begin to take verses that don't mean what they mean and put it, okay, oh, I'm highly favored. If we heard this in real time, we'd begin to be trying to predict all of the amazing things that are getting ready to happen in this young woman's life. Amen. But that ain't how it rolled out, is it? In fact, what's going to happen is she's going to give birth to a baby in a barn. Wait, that, that don't sound... And this baby is going to appear to be born out of wedlock. Oh, wait. Hold on. I was highly favored. This, wait, no, that's not. The baby going to be born out of wedlock. And, oh, by the way, he's going to be the savior of the world, which will mean that you're going to have to watch him be tortured and die. 
No, you're going to stand there and you're going to watch it. Oh, highly favored one. Now, let me ask you again. Does anybody still want favor? The answer is yes. You still want it. But you have to come to terms on this side of favor that if it doesn't look like what you want it to look like, it's still the favor of God. And you want it and you need it. And you've got to walk in it with your head up and your chin up and your heart open and your hands open because favor doesn't mean favoritism and it doesn't mean we get favors from God. Favor means I will be with you. Through everything, good, bad, and right square down the middle, I'm with you. My presence is there. My power is there. My provision is there so that my purpose can be displayed in your life. Somebody say amen. God, help me. God doesn't give us his favor for, favor for our convenience. No, but for his purpose. And listen, it's a critical distinction. And I'm, I, I, you might think I'm spending too much time on it. I've seen too many people get tripped up. Too many people will literally abandon their faith because it did not look how they thought it was going to look because some well-meaning person said that they see the favor of God on your life. And what they heard was, this is a walk in the park. And they lose everything and everyone and they wonder where God's at. God's like, I've been here the whole time. So with that distinction, how do we begin to walk in the favor of God? How do we begin to see it, experience it, receive it? Because we've got to be very intentional. And I've got just three things. I believe we need to train our spiritual eye to see. I really do. I think we need to train our spiritual eye to be able to see God's favor. You say, Jeff, that, that's, that, that's a great little preacher word, sentence. That's awesome. How do I do that? Well, you know, I'm a simple man. So if, in order for us to train our spiritual mind so that we can see the favor of God in our life. And listen, you, I'm going to say this is a game changer for the church. Not because I'm preaching it. I ain't saying nothing you probably haven't heard already. But we need to walk in it. We need to own it. We need to believe it. So to do it, to receive it, to see it, number one, you have to expect. You're like, why? Well, really kind of thought that'd be a little more than that. Here's my promise to you. We get this right, we'll go to something else. <laughs> right, Ben? We got to get this right, man. We got to expect. If you're taking notes, I would ask you to write this down. You've got to see the world through the lens of favor. You have to see, you don't see the world through what you don't have. You don't even see the world through what you do have. You see the world through the lens of favor. We've talked about really two Bible characters this morning. Moses and Mary who found favor with God. One of them went to lead a couple million people into their promise. Well, he almost got them there. 40 years worth of wilderness. One of them had a baby in incredibly inhumane conditions and faced ridicule. Both fulfilled God's purpose in their life. Both had to endure things that were bigger than their convenience. And that's what favor is all about. I could have talked a whole lot of different Bible 
figures. I, 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 immediately, Abraham comes to my mind. He had favor in God's sight, even though it meant launching out into the unknown. God said, you know what? Go to the land I'll show you. Okay, awesome. Where are we going? Well, I'll show you when you get there. But see, God was with him the whole way. That's, you gotta, God's favor was on him. Even though he wasn't sure his destination, he knew God was with him. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me ask you Sunday school kids, you, you Bible theologians in the room. Did Abraham do everything right along that journey? No. No. But God was with him. I, I need to get you to understand your performance, your performance does not determine God's presence. We don't do tricks for a puppet master. We lay our lives down to our God. There's a difference, and it's a big difference. I could have talked about Nehemiah. I could have talked about Gideon. Man, I, I, I love all these Old Testament heroes of mine. I could have talked about Ruth, who found favor with Boaz, what a great story. Went from picking up scraps in a field to drinking water out of a servant's jug until she was sitting with the man himself. Favor. Favor. God, I hope you're seeing this. Frame your world with favor. You have to expect it. I'm going to choose to believe that God works together. He works all things out for the good, for those who love him, who serve him. Let, let, me, let me give you four scriptures just to take home. I, it, I, I know if you're watching this online, just, just throw these in the comments. Or if you're here, just, just, write, these, just write the addresses of these verses down because I'm going through them pretty quick. I just want you to feel the weight of them. We're talking about expecting favor. You know God promised his favor? He promised his favor. Whoa, 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 hold, on, hold on, Jeff. He promised me? Yeah, because he promised his presence. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9, your God said, I will look on you with favor, and I will make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. That's a promise. That's a promise of favor from God to you, to me. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 5, verse 12, Surely, Lord, surely, Lord, you've blessed the righteous. You surround them with your favor. Now look at this. You surround them with favor as with a shield. I love, listen, I love to know that God's favor is behind me. I love to know that it's behind me because I know what he's done in the past. I love the reality that it's not just in front of me. That it's also before me. I love that. I love the reality that knows that I'm walking in the future of his favor. But listen. It's also beside me. It's around me. It surrounds me like a shield. His favor is not just what he did. His favor is not just what he's going to do. His favor is now, right now, in this place, in your life, surrounding you like a shield. What's the purpose of a shield? A shield deflects. 
A shield makes a way. A shield, you can't get through a shield. Nothing can get to you if you're in the favor of God because His presence is with you like a shield surrounding you all sides, front, back, right, left. It doesn't matter. The favor of God protects, provides for His purpose in Jesus through you. Still in Psalm chapter 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows mm, favor and honor and no good things does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Oh, somebody just had a, mm, had a woe moment. Somebody tapped the brakes right there. That word blameless showed up, Dwayne. Gets us every time, don't it? Anybody? Yeah, every time. Oh, blameless. Okay. Well, you were going good, Jeff, till you got to that because I'm out. I'm out now. Way to go. You had me. I was almost ready to go all in on this favorite thing. And you had to bring this blameless thing up. You say, I'm not blameless. You're right. But Jesus is. And when God looks at you, he don't see you. He sees Jesus. And Jesus is blameless. He lived a life you couldn't live. Do you see this? He lived a life you couldn't live. He died a death that you should have died, and I should have died. He died it for us. He doesn't see you. He doesn't see your shame. He doesn't see your guilt. You've been clean, washed by the blood of the Lamb. His name is Jesus. God, help me preach this. He offers favor with anyone that will believe that, that will walk in that, that will live that and claim that. Do you see it? No, you're not blameless. Welcome to the club. I am your king. (laughs) I'm the mayor of blame. But get this. Oh, Jesus is blameless. (laughs) And he's my shield. He's my righteousness. And it's through him that I receive the favor of the creator of the universe. God. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 4, he said, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commandments in your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Listen, that's, that's not contradictory in no way, shape, or form. We, we hide the word in our heart. The word is his presence. And when we keep his commands, when we keep that word, when it's close to us, when it's in us, when it's alive, we have the presence of God. The presence of God is his favor. We have to expect it. To see it, you've got to expect it. It's not like you can manipulate a miracle out of God. Do you understand? And I'm not saying that to be kind of, do do you you fully embrace and grasp the reality that you can't twist God's arm? I cannot manipulate a miracle out of him. I can't. God knows I've tried. But I'm telling you, when, when you expect it, man, there's a different vocabulary that you use. I've been accused of just, I've been accused of, you know, I'm just glass half full all the time. No, I, I, listen, man, I, I struggle with the same doubts everybody else struggles with. 
But here's what I know. Jesus is alive. And his presence is with me continuously. And I have the favor of God on my life. So I don't ever wake up in the morning, ever. I don't wake up in the morning and say, well, I wonder if he's going to tick me off today. Well, I wonder if this day is going to be as bad as yesterday. I've never said that. I don't even think that way. No, 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 no. When, when, when the daylight creeps into my windows, man, I wonder how is God going to be good to me today? Is he going to outdo himself today like he did yesterday? You're like, oh, so you have no, I didn't say I didn't have any problems. Here's what I'm saying. I expect God's favor to be in my life. I expect him to be my shield. I expect him to break through. I expect him to provide. I expect him to be God. I expect it. You can't see it if you don't expect it. You see what you look for. You see what you look for. Favor should be the primary frame of reference for the child of God. And you sent me here today to remind somebody, I hope you get it, if you'll begin to expect the favor of God in your life, you'll see it. And it, and it won't be, it, it won't always be reflected in your bank account. It won't always be reflected in who you're surrounded by. It'll be reflected by the fact that you can't be stopped. Because the presence of God is with you. You'll flow. You'll flow in favor. You, listen, you'll navigate your life. You'll navigate time with your ex. You'll navigate time on your job. You'll navigate your life with favor. Number two, how can we have our spiritual eyes open? Not only do you expect it, you got to recognize it. You have to recognize it. So with expect, I said, you got to see your world through the lens of favor. To recognize it, you got to open your eyes to opportunity. Seriously, man, if I was going to put this really blunt, if I wasn't trying to be a better communicator, I would have said, you need to wake up. You really do. I do too. We've got to recognize and open our eyes to opportunity. I've got to hurry. But what I'm saying is, if you expect favor, recognize the favor that's right there in your life. Recognize it. See it. I suggest you may not need another opportunity in your life. What you may need is your eyes open to the opportunity that's already in your life. But you have to recognize the favor. Here's what I mean, and it happens all the time, and I, you're going to agree with this. I don't think I'm convincing you of anything. You might look at someone else's marriage and figure out, man, they've just got it going on. I mean, they're hitting on all cylinders, man. They've got the marriage of the year right there. They've got their family. They got it together. All their ducks are in a row. Can I just tell you, no, they ain't. But here's what I will say. You might think they've got a perfect marriage, but what they might be doing is just recognizing the opportunity in their life and leaning into it. Because we all got a choice. Can somebody say amen? We, we all have a choice in what we're going to do with the next second of our life. And if we expect to be receiving the favor of God, then we've got to just be very aware and recognize the opportunity of God. 
in our life right now where we're at. G listen, if you don't think that you have it, if you don't think the favor, that you've received the favor of God because of this or that or another thing, please hear me. God will give you the favor you need for the season of life you're in at this moment. It works a lot like grace. You get the grace to go through things when you're going through them. Sensing the presence of God, the power of God, the provision of God in your life. I hope you see in it. He'll give you the favor you need for the season you're in to do what he's called you to do. You're like, man, I just don't have the favor of God in my life right now. It's just, that's just not, you know what, I, I want it, so I hope to have it. You know, you might have the favor you need right now to build the character you're going to need to go through what you're going to go through. So in other words, things might be happening in your life right now for a purpose, God's purpose in your life to develop the character you need so that you can walk in the favor of God he's got for you six months from now, six weeks from now, 30 minutes from now. Because life changes instantly. So just because it doesn't look like you think doesn't mean his favor is not in your life. You're going to be prepared to, to go through and bring God honor and glory in the very next season of your life. God's he's going to give you the favor you need. So what you do in your life, you've got to learn to ask God what favor do you want me to receive now for what I'm going through now? And then what, I'm going to, what are you preparing me for to go through what I'm going to go through next? Here's what I'm saying. You've got to be intentional. You've got to have your head in the game. Church, you've got to have your head in the game. We've been on autopilot long enough. Amen. Finally, it does no good to expect favor does no good if you even recognize it and open your eyes to the opportunity around you. Number three, it does no good to do that unless you respond. And you respond by being obedient to God. You can't produce, I said you can't produce, you can't achieve God's favor. Man, you can position yourself to receive it. And if I've done anything today, I just hope I've piqued your curiosity enough that the Spirit could convict enough that we would want to position ourselves in a place to receive favor. And it's, listen, favor is not a matter of luck. Favor is not a matter of coincidence. It's not a matter of chance. It's not a matter of looking on the bright side. Listen, that's not the message I came to preach to you today. I came to preach today that you and I need to be committed to finding favor in our life expecting it, and then responding to it, recognizing it, and responding to it. You need to ask, I think we all, we need to just ask God, man, make me someone who, who feels your presence, that is very intentional about your presence, that we would do nothing to break that fellowship because we are guaranteed presence of God in our life, the power, the provision to do what you've called us to do and be what you've called us 
to be. And listen, our prayer should be that we would be intentional about that, not just once a week, not just, listen, continually walking in step with the Spirit of God. You know, um, I, I, I know very little about sports, but I read a lot, and I find interest in the weirdest of things. Yesterday was my mama's birthday. And mom knew probably less about sports than I did. But she used to love to watch baseball. And I used to sit and watch baseball with my mom. And we'd, we'd watch, and I'd, honestly, I'd, you've heard my story, man. I've, I played Little League one game. And I thought, this is dumb. Maybe, maybe because I was no good at it. But if I was good at it, it might be a different story. But not so much. And me and mom would watch baseball, and we would watch all these documentaries about baseball. And I said, Mom, why are we watching this? I just wanted to be, spend time with my mother. I went, Mom, why are we watching this? And she would always, she would catch and bring my attention to something that had nothing to do with baseball. She's like, watch how this guy throws the ball. And we'd watch it. See, see that? See, see there? See what he did? No. <laughs> she would explain it. I remember watching a documentary with her about how pitchers trained all their life to become pitchers. And it just stuck with me, and, I, and I've used it as a template over many spiritual principles in my life just from that time with mom. But when you're a pitcher and they begin to teach you the mechanics of pitching, I mean, initially, they don't get you to try to place the ball at a particular place. They don't do that. You first learn how to hold the ball. And then you start working on your form. You, start, you really start paying attention to the mechanics of things. I mean, from the time the ball gets in your hand to the time it leaves your hand, you start, you start working on the release. But they don't start with all of that. They start with how it feels, Dwayne. They start with, do you... Do you feel like a pitcher? Do you, I mean, do, do, do you believe you can do this? I mean, they start with kids when they see something in kids. They start when they're very young. You, you've seen, maybe it was you. Maybe you're that sports person, right? You remember sitting out with your dad or your mom or your big sister. You, they're crouched down over here right on the other side of the yard. They're like, put one in here. And it's like, it's way over here somewhere. Good job. No, it wasn't a good job. But what they're trying to get you used to is the mechanics of it. And then eventually, you're not even thinking about that anymore. Come on, you got to hear me. You're not even thinking about that. No, no. Now, you've got a target. You don't even worry about you rocking back and letting one go. You don't even worry about how you're holding it anymore. You're not worried about your form. You know what you're worried about? There's a place that you want to get to. And you just wind up and let it rip. Listen, church. We've got to get the mechanics right on this. We've got to be intentional about it. God's favorite. Listen, I, I'm not trying to get you to leave here today 
and, 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 and try to manipulate circumstances. No, no, no. I just want you to find the rhythm of God's favor in your life. Just find the rhythm of God's favor. The expectation that God's got this, and this is going to be awesome, no matter how it turns out. And, and that you recognize it. You know what? This ain't exactly how I thought it was going to look. But you know what? God promised his presence. So this is his favor. So I've got to go through this. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to do. But you know what? I've studied the mechanics of this thing, Dwayne. I've studied the mechanics. I know I've got it. When I don't know what to do, as Miss Kim always says, if you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Okay. Well, I know I got to be faithful to the Lord. I know I got to spend my time with him. I know you get what I'm saying. The mechanics of it recognizing, and then you respond in obedience. Because listen, when you've got his favor on your life, he's going to drop something in your life that's going to be like, mm, I think that was meant for Ryan. No, it was meant for you. And you know what? You've got to walk in it now. You've got to move in it. And you, you really, you, 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 you're not in a place now, if you've leaned and walked in the mechanics of it, the stuff that you've been taught, the stuff that the Word teaches, that you paid so much attention to, that now is part of you. Now you can walk in His favor, expecting it, seeing it, and responding with obedience. Favor. I believe that when God's favor finds you, that you'll never be the same. Even if you're seeking an answer that you don't have a solution for. If you're in the middle of something that doesn't make sense, and maybe it feels like God's not even trying to help. His promise of favor and presence is on your life. Let me close. I want to talk to you if you're struggling. If you're at home today, watching this online, you're struggling, you're hurting. There's something or maybe several things in your life. It just feels so uncertain and unknown that you, honestly, it's a chore to put one foot in front of the other. Just one foot in front of the other. I want to talk to you. Maybe you've got a broken heart. Maybe you feel like this message isn't even for you today because you feel so detached from the presence of God. Oh, there's hope today. Maybe you got a doctor's report that's not favorable. Maybe a situation with your kids that's not working now. I, I, listen, I don't know, but I, I want to validate it today. And I want you to know that God's favor is available I want to let you know that if for no other reason than the simple fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has promised to be with you, you have hope. You have hope. You find nothing more than Jesus. You know you found favor. <laughs> because that's God's presence in your life. I found favor when I found out that Jesus died for me and I didn't have to pay for my own sins. I found favor when I realized he hung on a cross and stretched out his arms and they beat him and I didn't have to be beat. I found favor when I realized they killed him and I didn't have to die that way. I realized it. And because I found favor, I don't have to know 
where I'm going because I know who's going with me. <laughs> Favor of God changes us from the inside out. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, God, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice right now would embrace this reality of your favor in their life. God, that it is, it's so available. And it's not about how much you can give us. It's about your presence. It's about how we navigate our life. God, it's just, it's just important as the air we breathe. Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you would just, just rest on us today and begin to speak to our hearts on this matter of favor. If you're here today and regardless of your situation, it might be a time of profit, it might be a time of prosperity for you, or it might be a time of confusion, heartbreak, and misunderstanding. You know what? Regardless, and I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying regardless of your situation, You know whether or not you're walking in the favor of God in your life. You know whether you're walking in that peace. You know if you're walking in his power. And if you would just say, Jeff, I know. Even though I believe about the presence of God, I understand the best anybody can understand about the favor of God. I, I've not been living a life of expectation. I've not been living a life of recognizing his favor. So there's no way I could have been responding correctly. If that's you, today is the first day of the rest of your life walking with Jesus. And there's no shame in you saying, you know what, that's me. But today... I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to leave here on a three-day high. I'm not going to leave here full of inspiration and let it last for 48 hours. No. Today, I start a life of expecting God's favor, recognizing God's favor, and living a life of complete obedience. If that's the desire of your heart, would you just raise your hand? We're going to pray together in this house. God bless you and you all over this house. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see hearts, I see hands. But Lord Jesus, I would ask that you would God, just remind us of this decision today. Remind us of our commitment to you today. And Lord, we know that the enemy right now is upset. And we just declare the name of Jesus. Lord, may we walk in your presence and your power and your purpose and your provision
as we make Jesus real in our life and to those around us. May we see your favor, expect your favor, and respond in complete obedience for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. If, listen, if you're a guest, let us know. Prayer request, you heard Mr. Amanda say it. Put it on the connection card. We want to pray for you. Chance, he's got a couple of announcements for you. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week.